And here we go. Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular ever. Well, uh, the other one just stuck them up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not going to sing this time around. Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Kavanagh. With me as always is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Stick em up. Stick em up. Yeah, there's a catchphrase. Signs yeah. you'll delivered. <laughs> Happy uh, Women's Month. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man. International Women's Month, or was it? Is it the? Is it, no, I think it's just Women's History Month, and then the, and then two days ago it was International Women's Day. There we go. Yes, getting my holidays all mixed up. This is this is the the whole month now. Yeah, we get a thirty-one day month, which is good. Is there thirty? Yeah, there. Are. I think oh. so. Yeah, you are correct. You are correct, w- sir. Women's History Month. Women's Month. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Women's Month. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, we're talking now. What have you been watching? Because you've uh, you got quite a list here, and I don't even know where to begin. If I had a dollar for every time you said that I had quite a list, I would have three dollars. Because I've <laughs> you have I've a been top five busy. list podcast. I know. So I've been busy, man. Uh, I had a lot of downtime this weekend, and so I went on a spree. I watched the whole Queen's Gambit series and absolutely loved it. It was excellent. I was upset that I waited so long. I did watch Coming to America, the second one, on Friday. Uh, It was exactly what I expected. It was bad, but I absolutely loved it because it was bad. And it was like, you know, I saw it once and that's it. But anyways, uh, I watched Boss Level. That was a new movie on Hulu with Frank Grillo, like the Frank Grillo there. And it was fun. It was a fun movie. It was a time loop movie. I watched Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max. Um, Judas that, Prince, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, that was a heavy one. I didn't know a lot about uh, Frank Hampton and so or Fred Hampton. Sorry. And so um, it was heavy to watch, but I enjoyed it. Daniel Kalaya is amazing. He's fantastic. I watched Last Action Hero, your favorite movie. Did you watch very, it in 4K? It's in 4K now. I know I saw that. No, it is on stars. And so I watched it on stars and even the HD for that really highlights a lot of the bad cgi that's in it so i can only imagine what's gonna have what it's gonna look like in 4k so we'll we'll see but i really enjoy that movie i think it's so fun and then finally no it doesn't and then finally (laughs) i i've I've been putting it off for a while because it's a heavy subject matter but i watched a amazing show on hbo max called i may destroy you it's from michaela cole and it takes place in London. It's about uh, trauma and how we experience it. And it's just this incredibly raw, emotional, I don't know, uh, topical story for for how we navigate, you know, sexual consent and relationships and just the world around us and dealing with trauma. It's uh, fan-freaking-tastic. It's 12 episodes, 30-minute episodes each, but holy buckets. Yeah. So that, that's been on my head for, for a while now, and I'm trying to find a like-minded person to discuss it with. But yeah, that's all I've been watching, man. How about you? I, I went the other route. I went <laughs> with happy stuff. I've been watching Seinfeld and Kirby Enthusiasm. Plowed through Seinfeld. Took about two weeks to get through all of them. And Damn. then now I'm on season three, I think, of Kirby Enthusiasm. So 
rocking and rolling there, playing a lot of Dark Souls. Uh, beat it again <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> I just love it. It's like my favorite game ever. It's so goddamn good. It is <laughs> remarkably good. And I just watch all these videos on the lore and and just increasing my knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. And it just makes the game that much better. And then I started watching these videos where people are talking about how the game has like literally changed their lives and their perspective on video games and and how it is their favorite game and they're not even sure that another game can ever beat it and how people have coped with depression by playing it and and all kinds of interesting things that I I get it. Like once, once I had this like eye opening experience on, on everything that this game was and how rewarding it was. and, And the first time that I beat it ever, I felt like I was just the greatest video game person in the whole world. And <laughs> it's not it's not even that hard of a game. It just doesn't give you any handholding. And so you're really kind of on your own. And there's a lot about timing and just mechanics and other things that you would otherwise just throw away in another in any other game where you can just button mash. This doesn't work that way. And so once you once your brain makes that connection and you're able to to continue playing and then realize that when you, when you're dying over and over and over again, it just means you're doing it wrong. You know, the game's not cheating you. You're just, you're just doing it wrong. (laughs) And so (laughs) there's gotta be a better way. And I just, I freaking love it, man. I can't put it down. I absolutely love it. I'm already playing it again. And, uh, it's, it's just one of them things, but that's, that's what I've been up to. Wow. Sounds busy. Like me. Yes. Very, very busy. I mean, I'm sitting there with my mouth open, just, staring at a screen but i don't really know how busy per se i am but definitely enjoying it that's busy why i don't stream busy does dude i can't stream video games because i would just look like an idiot i i could be i could have someone else playing and me doing commentary but there's no way in the world i could be having a conversation and playing a video game at the same time it just doesn't work i i am incapable of those two actions at the same time You'd be singing like random songs. You'd go, swiggity, swiggity, swack. Yeah. Protect us from this attack or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I like rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was huggity, fuggity, wuggity, whack. Yeah. Statues protect us from this attack. <laughs> Hello. I'm right. Hello. D and G. Hello. Exactly. Are you ready to talk about the movie today? Yes, sir. All right. So, in honor of. Women's History Month, we decided to do A League of Their Own, which is a fantastic motion picture show. came out in 1992, directed by Penny Marshall, who you might know from Laverne and Shirley. She directed Jumpin' Jack Flash, Big with Tom Hanks, Awakenings, Riding in Cars with Boys, if you're familiar with that one. It's a lot of fun. A.K.A. Viajando en Atos con Chicos. Wait. Atobus. <laughs> it's a hombres. I like it. It's a good one. Kind of sad. Bit of a tearjerker. What can you do? The movie was written by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel. Fantastic. The cast includes Gina Davis. I believe this is the second movie now we've done with Gina Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Thelma Louise was the other one. Yeah. Lori Petty, who you might know from Point Break. Incredible movie. Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Megan Cavanaugh, Tom Hanks, David Strathairn, and John Lovitz. Absolutely love the John Lovitz. Critical reception. Have you seen this? You heard about this? It's pretty good. You have, let's see here, Stephen Amendon from Financial Times says, Director Penny Marshall once again proves herself to possess both a deft hand and light comedy 
and an unfortunate weakness for sentimentality. I don't know what that means, man. <laughs> you got Dwayne Burge, who said from Hollywood Reporter, under Penny's, excuse me, under Penny Marshall's spirited, warm direction, the players shine. Yeah, I agree with that. And then you have Anthony Lane from The Independent in the UK. He says, a league of their own is a bright idea that turns into a pile of mush. Whoa. Yeah. Can't do like much it. with can't do a whole lot with mush. Unless then you're a you're a dog on a Iditarod race. <laughs> All right, Balto. <laughs> <laughs> mush, I say. Uh, that's all I got for the mush. The film had a budget of $40 million opening weekend. It did $13.7 million, and that was 4th of July weekend of 1992. It grossed the United States at $107 million, and worldwide, you're looking at 132 million buckaroos. Okay. During filming of the World Series games, stars took turns entertaining the unpaid extras. Tom Hanks did puppet shows over the dugout, Rosie O'Donnell did stand-up comedy, and various actors pretended to be Madonna and sang her songs after the singer balked at performing for the fans. Huh. Oh, well, that sounds fun. Uh, Many of the injuries and bruises in the film were real injuries that the actresses received during filming. And that freaking bruise that Alice gets when she slides. Yeah, that lasted a year. Oh, my God. She had that bruise for a year. I hate seeing that because, yeah, so that was real. Yeah, it's just absolutely disgusting to look at. And I'm like, oh, my God, every time. But For the famous split catch, Gina Davis had to have a stunt double slide into the split. Although Davis could do the splits, as shown, she could not slide into it. That's Actu- fair. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I get it. Uh, actresses auditioning for the film had to prove they could play baseball. All the actresses cast in the film, apart from Gina Davis, did their own baseball stunts. Baseball stunts! None of yeah. the performers wanted stunt doubles. <laughs> Can it be Nomo? Uh, the movie's line, there's no crying in baseball, was voted number 54 movie quote by the American Film Institute. They're good. Not even Tom Hanks knew he was going to be done peeing. <laughs> Penny Marshall was in a stall with a hose and a bucket making the noise. <laughs> That's rad, right? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, Dolores Pickles Dries. Uh, is that her last name, Dries? Yeah. Okay. The lady in Cooper's... The lady in the Cooperstown bleachers who referred to Dottie as the best player in the league was a pitcher for the Rockford Peaches in 1952, 53, and 54. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, she was a real cooler. player. Yeah. The more you know. There is a brief scene in which Dottie's ball ends up near the small colored section of a segregated stadium. An unnamed black woman picks up the ball and throws it to Dottie, and Dottie's reaction indicates that the pitcher has an extremely powerful arm. The woman uh, wordlessly nods to Dottie and walks away. This scene reflects the historically the historical reality that the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League only allowed white players, even after Jackie Robinson desegregated Major League Baseball in 1947. In a 2017 interview with BuzzFeed, a League of Their Own's co-screenwriter Lowell Gans said, It did bother us that in order to be historically accurate about the AAGPBL, we could not... <laughs> you like... I know. ADAA? Yeah. <laughs> we could not have a diverse cast. We came upon that scene as a way to make the point. A lot of people have commented on it over the years, and I'm very glad we included it in the film. I like that part, too. I wanted to see if they could expand on it. Like, a League of Their Own 2. 
Dottie's Revenge or something sure. like that. <laughs> so there's actually buckets and buckets of trivia on IMDb for mm-hmm. this movie, and I encourage everyone to go check it out. There's a lot of fun facts, and I could not include them all here, even though I wanted them to. Yeah, I've seen this movie a, a bunch of times, and I remember. And one thing I like to do after movies or shows is I go to IMDb and read the trivia. And I do remember a whole bunch of fun ones from this. And I was like, holy shit. And it's uh, I mean, because it's history. The the AAGPBL is history. So pretty cool. Welcome to History's Day. Yeah. Women's History's Month. Slash day. Love those women. In 1988, Dottie Henson attended the opening of the new All-American Girls Professional Baseball League AAGPBL exhibit at the Baseball Hall of Fame. She sees many of her former teammates and friends, prompting a flashback to 1943. Diddle-loo, diddle-loo, when World War II threatens to shut down Major League Baseball, Candy Magnet and Cubs owner Walter Harvey persuades his fellow owners to bankroll a women's league. Ira Lowenstein is put in charge, and Ernie Cappadino is sent out to recruit, recruit players. Cappadino attends an industrial league softball game in rural Oregon and likes what he sees in Dottie, the catcher for a local dairies team. Dottie turns down Cappadino's offer, happy with her simple farm life while waiting for her husband, Bob, to come back from the war. Her sister and teammate, Kit, however, is desperate to get away and make something of herself. Cappadino was not impressed by Kit's batting performance and refuses to evaluate her pitching, but agrees to take her along if she can change Dottie's mind. Dottie agrees, but only for her sister's sake. Dottie and Kit head head out to Harvey Field in Chicago for the tryout. There they meet a pair of New Yorkers, taxi dancer May, all the way May, Morbidito, Morbido, sorry, and her best friend, bouncer Doris Murphy, along with soft-spoken right fielder Evelyn Gardner, illiterate shy left fielder Shirley Baker, pitcher slash shortstop and former Miss Georgia, Miss Jowja, beauty queen, Ellen Sue Gotlander, gentle left field slash relief pitcher, Betty Spaghetti Horn, homely, <laughs> homely second baseman, Marla Hooch, who was what scouted. What a hitter. <laughs> it had to be yo, 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 <laughs> <was> scouted by <laughs> Ernie. Okay. Singing to Nelson. <laughs> Ain't I, baby? Yeah. Who <laughs> was scouted by Ernie. Uh, oh, Oh, my God. Sorry. I got to stop laughing. Who was scouted by Ernie, Dottie and Kit in Fort Collins, Colorado, genteel first baseman Helen Haley and superstitious Saskatchewan native Alice Skeeter Gaspers. They and eight others are selected to form the Rockford Peaches, while 48 others are split among the Racine Bells, Kenosha Comets and South Bend Blue Sox. The Peaches are managed by former marquee Cubs slugger Jimmy Dugan, a cynical alcoholic loosely loosely based on the real life Jimmy Fox. That's it. Uh, Dugan initially treats the whole thing as a joke and is abrasive towards his players. The league attracts little interest at first, and the Peaches must adjust to traveling with Evelyn's bratty son, Stillwell, and tightly wound team chaperone, Mrs. Cuthbert. With a Life magazine photographer in the stands, Lowenstein begs the players to do something spectacular. Dottie obliges when a ball is popped up behind home plate, catching it while doing a split. The resulting photograph makes the magazine cover. A publicity campaign draws more people to the ballgames, but the owners remain unconvinced. The Peaches experience success on the field while forming a tight sisterhood off the field. Marla marries a man named Nelson, who she meets on a raucous roadhouse outing. May teaches Shirley to read, and Evelyn writes a team song. As Dottie becomes one of the league's brightest stars, Kit becomes resentful, and their sibling rivalry intensifies, culminating in Kit's trade 
to the Peaches rival, the Racing Bells. The Peaches end the season qualifying for the league's World Series. In the locker room, Jimmy gives Betty a telegram that informs her that her husband was killed in action in the Pacific Theater. The grief-stricken Betty leaves the team. Later that evening, Dottie receives a surprise when Bob shows up, having been wounded and discharged from the army. The following morning, Jimmy discovers that Dottie is going home with Bob. Unable to persuade her to at least play in the World Series, he tells her she will regret her decision. The Peaches and Bells meet in the World Series, which reaches a seventh and deciding game. Dottie, having reconsidered during the drive back to Oregon, is the catcher for the Peaches, while Kit is the starting pitcher for the Bells. With the Bells leading by a run in the top of the ninth, Dottie drives in the go-ahead run. Kit is distraught, but gets a second chance when she comes to bat with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Under immense pressure, she gets a hit and ignores the third base's coach sign to stop, scores the winning run by knocking her sister over at the plate and dislodging the ball from Dottie's hand. The sellout crowd convinces Harvey to give Lowenstein the owner's support. After the game, the sisters reconcile before Dottie leaves with Bob. Back in the present, Dottie is reunited with several other players, including Kit. The fates of several of the characters are revealed. Jimmy, Bob, and Evelyn had died. Marla has been married to Nelson for over 40 years. May and Doris are still best friends. And Kit is a mother and grandmother many times over. She's been busy. The original Peaches sing Evelyn's team song and pose for a group photo. End of the movie. A League of Their Own. Well, there you go. I'm excited. Now, when when did you first see A League of Their Own, and what was your initial reaction upon completion? So I, I'm just estimating, but probably around 1995, uh, when I was eight years old. Whenever I can't remember things, I usually recall it as eight years old. Just uh, I default as that. But <laughs> Ma'am, I'm eight years old. Do you really yeah. think I would be in the grocery <laughs> store alone? I don't think so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think I was about eight years old. I watched it with my mom and my mom really liked the movie a lot. Uh, and I absolutely loved it when I first saw it. I have seen it many, many times since I own it. That's how I watched it today. Uh, and I absolutely love this movie. I think so. I saw it in the theater. So it, I don't know if it was opening weekend, but no, it wasn't because my my other sisters and other members of my family had seen it. And my dad was explaining the movie to me and why it was important. And he was explaining how, how Gina Davis's character uh, dropped the ball. And I'm like, you mean she lost? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, what a loser. <laughs> he got so mad at me. I remember that. He was like, Justin, you <laughs> wanted to smack me. Oh, my God. And he's never hit me once, by the way, but... I, I, his disappointment was palpable. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was so funny, like a total hairy kind of man. You were one pathetic loser. <laughs> yeah, it was totally like that. Uh, so then I saw the theater and I enjoyed it. I always love baseball movies, they're my favorite. They're so much fun. I agree, man. I absolutely love baseball films. They, uh, there are so many to, to talk about, but after watching this one a day, I mean, it just it climbs up my list as, as one of my top baseball movies of all time. Yeah, it's a good one. He's good. Now, you are a big baseball fan. Pretend that you were alive during WW2. Do you imagine yourself going to see the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If, if I was not drafted, uh, then definitely like if I had some, well, bad you got knees. an inner ear disorder, probably there we go. <laughs> I got a uh, bone spurs. There we go. There you go. But absolutely. Uh, I, you know, it's easy for me to say nowadays, since I'm way more aware of, of 
what's going on. But I mean, back in the day when misogyny was rampant, you know, like we took the women out of the kitchens and now we got to put them back in the kitchens, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I would definitely go back, but um, I see why it wasn't as popular. But I mean, I'm just such a sports fan in general. And so I'm looking for stuff to fill that void. So like for the XFL, when that was happening, that was super cool to watch, even though, you know, the product wasn't going to be as good as the NFL. It still was just fun to watch people. And then I actually went to a Legends football game, uh, not knowing what it was. But I I met a girl when I was working at Albertsons and she's like, oh, I play for the Legends Football League, the Seattle Mist or whatever. I was like, oh, sweet. You play football? And she's like, yeah, she, you, you could uh, you should come watch us play. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I went with some friends. Little did I know they were playing in like scantily clad clothing. And I'm like, oh, this is what this is. But regardless, these girls were super tough and I saw some crazy hits and I was just like, holy shit. So I really enjoyed that game. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, man, I don't care who's playing. I will watch sports of any kind. I would be there in a heartbeat. Sure, sure, sure. So in the trivia, it says that in the Midwest, this league was actually very popular because they didn't have access to live games. Oh, well, there you go. All right, let's go check it out. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what (laughs) market, well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what market you would go to that people would be like, oh, girls can't play baseball, blah, blah. That'd be like a New York, uh, maybe, or like a, you know, like a big city market. Yeah, maybe. I feel like it would be everywhere. People are terrible. Yeah, but um, I would I would enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, I like watching softball sometimes, uh, but yeah, it would be it was interesting that they showed that that they had a lot of softball players and they had to teach them, you know, throw overhand and stuff. But uh, really cool shit. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Like that one guy that's like, eh, I'm a baseball player. <laughs> <Or whatever. laughs> and Idiot. then uh, what's her name? Ellen throws Ellen Sue throws the, the ball at him. It yeah, nails him. Some heat on that thing. Yeah. She's like, it yeah. slipped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, when Dottie does the splits to get the attention of the fans, do you recall ever witnessing something cool like that during a live game, uh, either in person or on television? You know, like for me, it was when Bo Jackson just fucking breaks bats like the twigs. I thought that was the coolest <laughs> goddamn thing ever. Bo Jackson it was just a monster of a man. His his like XXL uniform looks skin tight on him, and it's just like holy shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that guy was a freaking monster and such a spectacle to see. But for me, I mean, it's it's hard to narrow it down, and I know I'm gonna instantly think of things when we're done recording and be like, ah, shit, I should have said that. But what I wrote down, these are my top five sports moments that I've ever seen either you know, we'll, we'll live either in person or on TV. But when uh, King Felix, when Felix Hernandez, Hernandez pitched his perfect game. Oh yeah. I, uh, I remember I had the day off. It was a, it was on a Wednesday and I had the day off. Uh, and I was like, Ooh, Mariners are playing a 1240 game. Oh, I could, I could go to that. Oh, I'm going to skip and just go to the gym. And then I'm just going to like watch the game at home. Well, I'm listening to it on my drive home from the gym. And they're like, we got something special here in any number six. And I'm just like, what? So, or any number five. So I got home and I watched the rest of the game. I didn't move from the couch. I like, I couldn't move. I was superstitious. I had the phone on the table. I wouldn't look at my phone. And yeah, that was one of the coolest moments I've ever seen in sports. But yeah, that was cool. I was helping a buddy move that day. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was absolutely incredible, man. Um, and then, you know, the, the 95 slide, 
Uh, I'll talk about that more later, but the 95 slide was just unbelievable. Uh, October 8th, 1995, when Edgar hit his double and the Mariners beat the Yankees in the ALDS was uh, pretty incredible. My parents were at that game, but I was watching on TV. So uh, there was also the Richard Sherman uh, tip in the end zone when we were playing the 49ers. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way. <laughs> P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way. When he tipped it in the end zone uh, away from Crabtree, that was incredible. It sent the Seahawks to their first Super Bowl in a while. And I had a fantastic time because I was there in person, except I wasn't at the game. If that makes any sense. <laughs> um, and then the Seahawks, when they beat Green Bay in overtime in the NFC Championship the very next year, was absolutely incredible. And then finally, uh, to kind of have it full circle, when Felix had his goodbye game um, last, oh, I'm sorry, two years ago, his final game as a Mariner was uh, just an absolutely phenomenal because he service came out and was like, all right, you know, we're going to pull you. And he's like, no, 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 let me get this final out. And he did. And the, the freaking stadium went ballistic. And, you know, they, they took a moment for him to like cry and wave everybody. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but I mean, I had other things too that I, that I kind of thought off of the top of my head when, when uh, Damian Lillard hit a buzzer beater a couple of years ago in the playoffs, uh, it was phenomenal because he shouldn't have done it, but it was so crazy. And then Pujols, I actually got to see this one live. When Albert Pujols hit his 3,000th three, 3, hit, it was at uh, T-Mobile Park. Um, and I got to see that live. And I've been like, holy shit, that was history. You know, there are only 20-something people that have 3,000 hits. And he's one of them. Uh, less than 20,000. When Kobe, when he dropped 81 points, that was incredible. And then finally, the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. That was something to me that will live with me forever. And yeah. So sure. those are my sports moments, man. I have I have a <laughs> decent amount of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure. No, that's fine. I, you know, I remember when Tony Gwynn hit his 3000. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I was a 99. And I fucking loved Tony Gwynn. So in San Diego uh, during Comic-Con, which is always in the summer, it's usually in July, uh, but they had all kinds of cool banners and stuff just waiting for him to hit his 3000 oh. uh, hit. And it was it was so cool. I, he did it in August, but um, it was pretty rad. Just to, to see that in the city, just like kind of taking over everything. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. And then I think for me, in, as far as baseball goes, uh, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. and Sr. hitting back to back home runs. Oh, yeah, dude. That pretty big insane. deal. Insane. 1990. I mean, that's 30 years ago. And so that's a big deal. Do you want to hear the an Angels, a- by the way? And yeah, I like right. the Angels. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh that's a pretty awesome deal to happen man <laughs> do you want to hear an incredible stat about tony Gwynn? sure so in his entire 20-year career he was probably one of the best hitters of all time uh he only struck out 434 times an average of 21.7 strikeouts per season so think about that you play 162 games a year and uh, when he was playing, it was a little less, but still, he only struck out about 21, 22 times per season. That's, That's absolutely good. insane. So uh, this article last season, 129 players had struck out 22 times by the end of April. And then <laughs> the season starts in like March, April. So right. <laughs> I mean, that is insane. I mean, he was one of the greatest hitters of all time. And I, 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 I dearly miss Tony Gwynn. Mm-hmm. Sad. Yeah. And his baseball card. Dude, uh, there was a commercial with Tony Gwynn and Sammy Sosa for Denny's. Because when you go to Denny's and you get the Grand Slam, you got a free baseball card. And I always remember Sammy Sosa. He told him, don't take us so hard, Tony. I got traded for Wade Boggs and a side of rice pilaf. 
And so every time you say you're, you're eating pilaf, like when you set up for November, I was thinking of the Sammy Sosa commercial. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was cool. So. <laughs> I remember when, when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were having their sort of home yeah, run yeah, yeah. battle. And there was a, <laughs> on Silent Live, they were doing The View. And Tracy Morgan was, uh, was playing Star Jones. And they have, and they have Mark McGuire on the show, and they're all yelling and screaming. And then, as the conversation's dying down, you hear her or him rather say, "Oh, Sammy Sosa beats your ass." <laughs> 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 and it just, it's just stuck with me all this time. It's been like twenty years, and I still say that every once in a while. Oh, Sammy Sosa beats your ass. <laughs> Tracy Morgan's so funny. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, that was incredible, man, because like, you know, uh, I know this may be inappropriate to say, but you know how the, the term chicks dig the long ball. It's so, it's so accurate. It, it, home runs are, are, are what put, puts butts in the seats and that, that home run race in the what early 2000s. I don't know. Shit. Was it the late was 90s? Like 99. Yeah. The late nineties was incredible. And it did so much for baseball ratings were down and that really, really drove it. Griffey was in it for a, a hot minute, but then, you know, it, it ran away with Sosa and McGuire. I mean, that was absolutely incredible because you'd be watching Cubs games or you'd be watching Cardinals games and be like, Oh my God, what's going to happen next? And they're bitter rivals. I mean, Cubs and Cardinals hate each other. Those are two, you know, uh, enemy teams <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> and mccoys there you go except they're not fighting for the the west they're fighting for yeah. the, fighting the, for mid, the midwest big chew. <laughs> yeah big, big league chew is good shit man i missed that a lot creatine yeah well steroids <laughs> same thing <laughs> same thing drugs. hgh yeah Barry, Barry Bonds has pockets in his uniform to get him all kinds oh of Oh, my pills. God. Yeah, even him. He's like, oh, I didn't take steroids. I'm like, dude, look at the before and after picture of you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> You're a fucking monster. You gained like 100 pounds of muscle. <laughs> yeah, in like two minutes. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> It's so well, dumb. Yeah, it is. It is like he hits the ball and it goes into the water outside the stadium. How you yeah. going? <laughs> we'll be out in outer space. That doesn't even make any sense. No, I mean, it's, you know, like with with the strength training that we have now and stuff too. I mean, players, are, Shohei, Shohei Otani did that recently in a spring training game where he just, he clobbered the ball. So, I, I don't know. People are hitting a lot better now. But yeah, um, at uh, Oracle Park, it used to be AT&T back in the DZ and Pac Bell Park. But uh, yeah. I mean, th- their their right field wall isn't that far, so like hitting that splash zone is pretty pretty awesome. I mean, I, people were kayaking out there for the I know, ball, they wanted to get crazy. the ball. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's number seventy two or whatever. Except you, I don't uh, you like if you got the ball, I think they had people ready to like take it from you, and then they'd give you I don't know like a, a, some baseball stuff or whatever. But right, because if that's the last, let's just pretend hypothetical mm-hmm. that's the last home run he hits, then that's gonna mean something. So it has to go in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. yeah belongs in a museum there you go (laughs) for all you indie fans out there now next question are you ready to continue hell yeah all right so john lovitz you know he's in this film for maybe 10 minutes but uh, i would say he's an absolute scene stealer you know whilst researching trivia for this film i learned that he actually had a much bigger part but was edited down significantly do you think that was the right call especially since this is a film about the AAGPBL and not the John Lovitz League of Extraordinary Comedians. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm lukewarm on John Lovitz. I think he's funny, but he can be so annoying at times. And 
I'm really glad that they did cut his his role down in this because they didn't need to focus on his negativity. Because if you kind of look at the movie as a whole, there's not a whole bunch of negativity in it. And uh, there's not a lot of misogyny, which is 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 really refreshing because we can just enjoy this film. And I think that's maybe why I like it so much is you get the baseball and you get their lives. Uh, you get to see all their stories kind of unfold and you get the the sibling drama and rivalry. And um, each person has like this agency, right? So he has like funny moments, you know, and we we think we think about that part like when he recruits Marla Hooch, but he's really mean. He's really fucking mean. And so I'm okay with them keeping his screen time to a minimum because then it wouldn't detract from the story as a whole because this story is about these amazing women who were pioneers in sports. And so uh, I'm, 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 I'm good with, with the, the amount of time he was on screen. Sure. I, I just think it's better just to have as few men as possible being the focus point. And I think yeah. that for me personally, I love John Lovitz. I think he's one of the funniest dudes on the planet. And so I, it's like a, the less is more approach works really well because he's only in the minute, the movie for a short time. And when he's there, I'm laughing my ass off. Like when he's, putting his knee by that lady yeah she's like sir your knee he's like like it i fucking love that Such an asshole. i feel like people like that have just shaped me as a human being there's just little mm-hmm. little pieces of like pinch of this or a dash of that and it that was me as a teenager because i just thought that that was just the coolest thing ever and uh i feel sad for all my friends that had to put up with me when that was my attitude <laughs> Does it hurt them? Well, it bruised the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the cows. Whew, yeah. My goodness. Yeah, I, I'm just glad they didn't focus a lot on the men. I mean, Tom Hanks has the most screen time for any of the men and then probably the guy who played Ira. Uh, but it's, you know, it's it's just good to see that they focus on the women. That they keep the focus on the women. Yeah, Absolutely. Speaking of the women, let's talk about Dottie and Kit. Their relationship is probably, uh, it's, it's actually pretty relatable to anyone with siblings. Uh, do you find yourself rooting for one sister over the other? Um, I mean, I'd sound like an asshole if I said I wanted Dottie to do well. But um, no, I, I probably related to Kit a little more. Uh, my brother wasn't good at sports, but he was better than me at baseball um, for a little while. and then. I grew up and I learned how to like use my body and to run and do that kind of stuff. So I got a little bit better, but uh, I probably would relate to her because, you know, Dottie has everything. Dottie's the pretty one. This is our da- This is our daughter, Dottie. And this is our other daughter, Dottie's sister. <laughs> so I love that. I can, uh, I can, I can see how that would be such a pain in the ass because she's like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to leave the league? And she's like, no, I just don't want you to be good at stuff basically. And I can totally understand that that envy that she has growing up in her shadow. And so I'm really glad the way it ended because Kit finally finally um got her her, her day in the sun. And so um yeah, I think I I related a little bit more with Kit. All right. That's fair. Now, do you believe that Dottie dropped the ball intentionally at the end to let her sister win? Uh, ooh. so that one I kind of struggle with because I, if you would have asked me this like a few months ago when I watched it, I would have said yes. But after watching it just today, I don't think it was on purpose because 
Dottie approached Ellen Sue and told her to throw the high ones, right? Knowing that Kit would swing. She had no idea that Kit was going to, she was actually going to focus and connect on that one and hit a triple uh, and then, you know, blow through. So Dottie didn't really have any way to prepare for her rounding third. So it's kind of like, I'm sure she, I'm sure she, I don't know. I don't know what to really say, but yeah, I I, I don't think she, I don't think she did it on purpose. I, I really think that Kit just had that full head of steam and uh, Dottie wasn't prepared for it and it happened. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure she was pretty happy with it at the end and happy for her sister, but I don't think she did it on purpose. That's a tough one though, man. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Now, Dottie is clearly the best player in the league. Have you ever known anyone that was just amazing at every sport they played? Like, just a finely tuned athletic machine? <laughs> as it were, uh, like with the water boy? Yeah, I had, I mean, I played sports like my entire life. And I've I've run into people or I've played with people who were just monsters and so good at pretty much any sport. Um, I couldn't think of a ton off the top of my head. But I mean, our quarterback, Riley, he was really good. He was good at that and baseball. Um just a just a stud on the field and then my buddy kyle was really good he was awesome at football pretty much our entire lives growing up he was he was really good at uh, track and he was really good at basketball um he's also like a crossfitter so he's he's excellent at that but he's just kind of like one of those athletes you know those people that are are gifted i'm pretty athletic uh, but i am clumsy as shit so there are times when i'll be good at certain things and i'll just suck ass at other things so i i I would never put myself in this category but when i was younger too i mean we had some older kids that were they went on to college i mean i went to i played football too there you go he pickled pickled the beast (laughs) and uh we had we had people that played in the in, in the majors in the mlb and then some people that played in the nfl that i got to see play live and it was pretty remarkable to see but yeah i don't know um I had a few of them, but did you did you grow up with anybody who was like like that? Yeah, there was a family of athletes, the Rays. There's is a uh, seven boys. There was a uh, Rocky, Ricky, Teddy, Tommy, Rory, and Lance. So six boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they all were exceptional at sports. And uh, Lance was my grade, so uh, football and baseball, and then eventually started playing golf. I was like, man, this guy could just do everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of envious of it, too. It's like, damn it, I wish I was good at that. Oh, I know. It's crazy. It's like, dude, I, how come I suck? <laughs> oh, he was good at basketball, too. He was great at basketball. Yeah. And they're well, all you're tall. Good, they're all you're good at other things, Justin. You're good at uh, making me laugh. And you're good at video games like Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. <laughs> I like, I, I suck at Dark Souls 2. I'm good at Dark Souls 3. There you uh, go. But uh, you know, I like basketball. I love playing basketball. I, mm-hmm. I am decent at it. You know, I can I can dribble pretty well and I can score. But make it rain, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> rain, Dad. <laughs> um, no, I I love basketball. I love playing a lot. And then I saw, suddenly I have this secret talent for soccer. I had no idea I was good at it, but I can kick the ball to Rizzo from anywhere in my yard. Like it just goes right to her. I'm just impressive. <laughs> I'm like, baby, check this out. I, I should have been a soccer player. And like, I'm literally, <laughs> I'm so goddamn good at it. It's nuts. It's, it sucks that I didn't play when I was a kid because I would have been pretty goddamn good, I think. It's well, like a, a- tapped into this, this, this potential. 
and it's uh, it's got sparked my curiosity. That's how I feel about other sports that I picked up in uh, in later life. So like I recently started snowboarding again, and I recently started playing golf again, and I'm doing so much better that uh, now than I did when I was younger. And I think it's just because I'm I'm in tune with like how my body moves and how my hips move, and I've gotten stronger in the right areas and. It's uh, it's fascinating. Obviously, I, I can still get better at each one of them, but I'm really happy with like the strides I've made in it. So sure. I used to love to play basketball and I would love to pick it up again. Um, I just one of those things that I haven't really. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love basketball. That's so much fun. Me too. And and I don't have to run too far. I can just kind of stand. Someone <laughs> can just feed me right under the net and I can just make the magic happen. <laughs> Thanks for the boost. I never had a slam dunk before. <laughs> I love this game. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I fucking love Cable Guy. It's so good. I know. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, there's lots of fun uh, and drama to be had both on and off the field in this motion picture show. And we actually quote this movie quite often. And surprisingly, most of those <laughs> quotes come from off the field. Do you think Penny Marshall was successful in finding the right balance for on and off the field scenes? Or would you have preferred more baseball stuff? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it was balanced. Uh, I, I, we really got to see how hard it was to play in the league and then how grueling it was off, you know, off the field, on the road, taking the bus because they're not flying in planes. They're taking the bus and having to travel in between these places like in Wisconsin or wherever they are in the Midwest. But the cheese state. There you go. <laughs> Illinois, step Wisconsin, all that area. <laughs> <laughs> so um it was it was really nice to be able to see that because then we also got to care for the, the gals more and we got to kind of see more of a story of the film. And I think by the end of the movie, you care for each one of them, right? So that's what I really enjoyed. I, I think it was a it was a healthy balance. And it's all about the the image in this league because these are women who you have to sell this idea to people. So when they show the uniform and it's a skirt and a lot of girls are like, you know, how am I supposed to slide in that? Blah, blah, blah. How am I supposed to have my cigarettes and stuff? And Lowenstein tells them you're not going to smoke. You're not going to drink and you have to wear this. Um, I get it. I get what it's for. Like, and you have to take classes where everyone needs to be a lady in this league totally understand what they're aiming for but it's something that you wouldn't even really think about if you were just watching a sports film uh, so it's nice to show that even though these women were, were had this opportunity to play on this team they still were sexualized in this way but it's because you got to put the butts in the seats and uh all these all these sailor boys they want to see girls in skirts so right um but yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a loose history. It's just done in a really good way. And I am such a fan of baseball stuff. I eat it up all day, all night. Yeah, in the trivia, it says that, that the women did have to go to these etiquette schools for mm-hmm. like personal grooming and manners and all sorts of stuff. It's cr- <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, and, and I mean, maybe it's also a way to like gain discipline with them too. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm just spitballing here too. So I mean, there, there's probably a rhyme and reason behind it, but that's uh that's interesting. It's it, it's got to be for the public image, though. I'm assuming. Yeah, I think that uh, a in this man's world, they had an idea of what a woman is supposed to be, and it entailed looking nice and proper and 
wearing these outfits. And so while that was not realistic, it was required. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and he says it politely, like I have a, a train full of girls that would play in a bathing suit if if I if the opportunity presented itself. So, right. Yeah. It's like, dude, back off, man. <laughs> Lowenstein. Yeah. He's the bad guy in one of those born movies. He is, and he was also in Nomadland. He's a good guy in that. So. Mm. I like him. He was uh he was also in Good Night and Good Luck. Mm-hmm. With, uh Murrow. And he was in this movie called Big Girls Don't Cry. I don't know if you saw that or not. I don't think so. <laughs> well, it's a good one. Is that a John Candy movie? No. It's a <laughs> It was a New Line Cinema movie, and the preview always came on before uh, my copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Oh. So I always remember watching the trailer of it. And then I finally saw it, and it was pretty good. It had um, uh, some dude in it. There's a guy in it. You know, <laughs> That's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at these pictures, but it's not familiar to me. Oh, shit. Yeah. A movie that Justin doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. I only watched the good shit. Well, it was pretty good. It's like, come on, you should go get Ninja Turtles 2 so you can watch the trailer. <laughs> I fucking love Ninja Turtles 2. Do you so really? good. TGRI. <laughs> babies. You made them babies. <laughs> this movie sucks. I remember in the theater hating it. I was like, this movie is terrible. You didn't like Vanilla Ice? Oh my no, god, it's so I, good. I think that movie sucks so bad. And I I love I love the first one very much so. But yeah. I I couldn't stand the second one. I was like, are you fucking serious with this movie right now? <laughs> I love that movie. I think it's so great. No. Go ninja, go, go ninja. Go ninja, go. go. <laughs> Yo, it's a green machine. Gonna rock the house without being seen. Have you ever seen a doctor get guy? TGR samples. Doctor? Yeah, it is. Stupid. He's eating the, the pepperoni. Donnie, Leo, it's me, Kino. <laughs> Kino. Guys, it's Raph. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about Jimmy Duggan. He was... An interesting character. I love Tom Hanks. I think he's a fine young man, uptown all the way. Now, was he likable for you from the get-go? And if not, when did you start warming up to him? Um, Yeah, well, so just because it was Tom Hanks, he was very likable because I know who Tom Hanks is, and I've never seen really a bad role with him. But otherwise, he was really surly and mean, and it was really hard to like him because he just kind of... Yeah, he just seemed like a drunk. Well, he was a drunk, and... You didn't know what was going to happen. But then as he continues on, you do see he has a soft heart. Uh, he just has this tough exterior. And it's it's not until actually much later in the film that you, he really starts to open up. But uh, I thought it was I thought it was great. And um, sorry, what was the other part of your question? Oh, I was just what part did you like start to warm up to? Because at the beginning, oh, you know, he's interviewing for the position mm-hmm. and then he gets there and he thinks it's a total joke. And, you know, he rips up Betty's baseball card. And he's not really there and he's yelling at them. And, <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, there's the no crying in baseball line. And, you know, he's like, is there a problem here, Jimmy? And he's like, she's crying, sir. He's <laughs> like, did anyone ever tell you you look like a little penis with a hat on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And then, like, when he wakes up on the bus and he's kissing the chaperone yeah. and he starts screaming. 
And I love you in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way he's looking at her while he's drinking his bottle. Yeah, it's so great. Oh yeah, I probably I probably wisened up to him a little bit uh, during that. And then uh, probably the moment that you really got him was when he had to deliver the, the letter to Betty. Um, yeah, but that was that was tough. But, you know, and when he's stupid delivery guy has like no bedside yeah. manner whatsoever. I know, asshole. Yeah. But when when he was uh, when he was talking to Dottie on the bus, that was a good moment too. you know, they shared a Coke together, a Coke and a smile. That's good stuff. And it, I find it interesting that she is the best player in the league. And she doesn't even really want to be there. Or at least she's convinced herself that she doesn't really want to be there. Of course, once the World Series happens and she shows up for Game 7, that's a different story. But she literally abandoned her team. Right. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... It was hard for me to connect with that. You know, so many different athletes and ball players. You know, when when you are the best player, a lot of times you are the captain of the team. You know, you're leading the team. And she doesn't do that. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, maybe she's just humble. Yeah, not her jam. Now, this is an interesting one. Like, how important is the team manager to you in professional baseball? They don't get much TV time compared to, like, football. And I only say that because I could probably name every goddamn coach in football, but I love baseball more than anything. And I always struggle to remember the manager's name. (laughs) I think it's super important. They keep the team together. And if you have a really good, if you have a really good um, coach, you know, like a Tony LaRusso and Tommy Lasorda. Daniel LaRusso. Yeah, there you go. Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was a good coach. Sure. Billy Bean tried to tried to fire him once. Even like Joe Madden, right? So that'd be cool. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, it's it, it's super important because they really keep the team together, and uh, you can you can see it kind of rub off on them too. Uh, if it's a pushover manager, which unfortunately the Mariners have had quite a few, then the the attitude is reflected from the team. You know, attitude affect leadership, all that kind of stuff. But um, it's I think it's, it's it's very important to answer your question. I don't know. Do you think it's interesting that they also wear the uniforms instead of just like a polo and jeans? <laughs> I've always I've always liked that they do that. I mean, a lot of them will wear like a sweatshirt or something too. But I mean, look at Lou Piniella, right? So Lou Piniella's rants were, were super important because he'd come out there and he'd you know be kicking the dirt and he'd be throwing bases and those those uh, tyrants or those tyrants those tirades I should say were legendary and they got the team fired up at certain moments. Um, and I think that that was so important for the team to really be like let's one let's win one for the skipper, right? You know, it's uh, pretty great. It's fair. I'll allow it. <laughs> now, the Rockford Peaches are an absolute delight. Yeah, I like all their team members. Uh, which ball players do you relate to the most? And are there any that you wished had more screen time? Mm, uh, relate to? I mean, I really, I just love Marla Hooch. I think she's so awesome because she's such a great hitter and she's so timid. But it's great that the story twists. And I'm not going to lie, when... Dottie reunites with her at the end of the movie when she's older and she's like Marla you know I'm just so I I was like tearing up because it was so sweet you know they've been married for 40 years and 
just just a fun story for her to be the ugly duckling and then turn into this great person or you know there's always this great person underneath i should say and i loved her 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 dad the dynamic of him he's like you know don't punish my daughter for my failures as a father and i was just like oh my god <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i like when he swings when she's on the train and he's just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i like um i like when they're pitching in that gym and the sh- he's like all right marla uh go left-handed and they're all like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> they know she's gonna just destroy so that was pretty cool to see a good hitter and i love pure hitters i mean talk about edgar and Etro and stuff too and tony Gwynn, but uh i, I liked may may was great because i just loved all the way stuff and i loved her and Doris's camaraderie and friendship. That was really fun. But Madonna was great in this movie. And then um, also Shirley Baker. I really wanted to see more of Shirley Baker because, you know, she was obviously illiterate. I wanted to know her background and and kind of what happened from there. Um, she looked like she was wearing overalls. So maybe she was yeah, like far- farming or farmer something. farmer in those clothes. <laughs> you guys have Coke? Yeah, this is America. <laughs> but uh those are those are probably my more favorite ones and then you know obviously Dottie and kit are at the heart of the story so it's great to watch watch that unfold but they did a really good job of balancing everybody and giving each person a moment so you know you didn't really have to there wasn't really wasted time i would say sure i um i agree Uh, i think that uh each one of those characters really got a lot of a lot of time to shine. It was a lot of fun. I like uh, Stillwell Angel. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna lose. Yeah. You're gonna lose. She's like, Stillwell Angel, come have a chocolate. He's like, give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He's a little fucker. Yeah, he's Stillwell. A, he's a piece. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so God, funny. Love it, love it, love it. Love it. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, I, obviously I love John Lovitz. Everything that the guy does, I just, I, it's just phenomenal for me. He's, he's just one of my favorite comedians of all time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I love this movie. I love everything about it. I, I think that, uh, when they're at the, they want to go to the, the roadhouse and they're having a good time and they're just trying to party and, and enjoy themselves and, and have some like much needed R and R. That's like one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> now, that was pretty good. what is your all-time favorite moment in baseball history? Whether you were alive for it or not. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. So it is October 8th, 1995. The Seattle Mariners are playing the New York Yankees, the Yankees of New York, at uh, the ALDS game number five. And it is the 11th inning. You got Joey Cora on third base. You got a little little player that you may not have heard of. Ken Griffey Jr. He is on first base. And then Edgar Martinez is at the plate. All right. Now what Edgar does is he hits a line drive double down the left field line. Joey Cora scores. Jr. with a speed round second. Rounds third. And then slides for the game winner in extra innings in the 11th inning. And the Mariners win 6-5. to five, And they go on to the ALCS. Now unfortunately they lost the ALCS. But... In 1995, quickly, that was a, I know it was super quick. Whatever, whatever. And then, anyways, that whatever, was a, whatever, whatever, whatever. They fuck you in the drive-through. 
<laughs> so, uh, but it, I mean, that was at the Kingdom, so that was on home turf and uh, literally AstroTurf. But I mean, my parents were at that game, and it just was absolutely phenomenal. I remember watching it on TV as a young lad, and I was eight years old, so uh, very young lad, and we still had the newspaper clippings from it, all that kind of stuff. But boy, oh boy, was it amazing! I really, really enjoyed that game. Um, I thought it was incredible, but that's definitely a top moment in sports history for me. Mm-hmm. What about fair. you? Do you have any? Because there's a lot of them, and it's it's hard yeah. to narrow it down. But yeah, it is. I I tried to think of things, and I just I couldn't come up with any. The the one thing that always comes into my mind as soon as I think of baseball is when that fucking asshole Jim Gray started interviewing Pete Rose and asking him if he was ready to apologize. Yeah, it was like before the World Series. I think it was Padres and Yankees, and He's like, are you ready to apologize and admit that you were wrong? And Pete Rose is like, dude, what are you doing, man? We're here to celebrate like one of the greatest moments in baseball history. And you're fucking talking to me about this. <laughs> I like, yeah. I hate Jim Gray so much. I know. You've expressed that often. Yeah. He's he's kind of a piece, dude. And yeah. like, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. And I don't know what's going to ever happen. But that man was unbelievable. His his uh, single season hit record. Uh, I'm sorry, his all time hits record will never be beat. You have to play, I think, 20 seasons and you have to have like, oh, my God, you have to have like 200 hits each season in, in order to surpass him. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like like 4,200 hits or something. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so so there's no possible way that anyone will ever surpass that. I mean, it's it's it literally there. There's no he has four thousand two hundred and fifty six hits. There is no possible way that anyone will ever surpass that. And I and I stand by that. Sure. It's, it, and it's he in, slides it's to first base. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, he does. How many people, you know, <laughs> slide in the first base? Quite a few people there. So uh, the the second closest is Ty Cobb at forty one eighty nine, and obviously he's dead. Hank Aaron at thirty seven seventy one. So we're talking five hundred a difference of five hundred hits from Hank Aaron to Pete Rose. Now the the most modern day, the closest modern day player was Derek Jeter at thirty four sixty five. He was almost a thousand hits away from him, and he he played four seasons less. He played twenty seasons fucking and insane he, and he's one of the greatest baseball players of all time <laughs> yeah it, it's just fucking insane dude like pete rose deserves to be in the hall of fame it's oh my god it, it pisses me off but anyways <laughs> yeah no I, I get you i mean if if literally one of the greatest ball players of all time can't catch it then that's mm-hmm. that's that says a lot yeah exactly the only active player right now is albert pujols and he's number 15 on the list at 32 36 <laughs> yeah. so Good unless luck. uh <laughs> unless he goes on a hot streak and gets a thousand hits in the next year then he's not gonna <laughs> not gonna do yeah. it because this may and, be his last year too and the thing is though there's like all this strategy and lawyer ball where they just fucking walk people that they know they're gonna hit all the goddamn time and it just drives yeah. me nuts it's like dude i'm here to see the guy hit and you're fucking making him walk to base that sucks <laughs> I know, I know. It's it is it is. It's like that movie, Mister Three Thousand, with Bernie Mac. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the but, one with? Um, I, I think it's Kevin Costner where he's pitching a perfect game. Oh, dude, yeah, it's called uh, for, for for love of the game. For That's it game. for love of the game. Lo- that movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, clear the mechanism. So good. I watched that. <laughs> it's like it was a, a night where there was nothing on TV, and I just was like, you know. I'll check it out. And I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. Yeah. The Scout. The Scout's another good one. I really enjoy that. Um, yeah. 
I like how like the whole movie is just him on the mound and like pitching and then having flashbacks and stuff. It's pretty. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not a huge. So I I said this on the on the um, Hidden Figures podcast, but the Disney fine of movies kind of bugs me. So I like the movie The Rookie, but it's a little too Deus Ex Machina for me. But I really did enjoy when he does make his MLB debut. I thought that was really neat. So Mm -hmm. Dennis Quaid needs coffee. Yeah, he's like he's the oldest rookie in the history of baseball or something. Mm-hmm. I love and I love stories like that. You know what movie I absolutely love that I would love to do one of these days is Moneyball. I think that movie is so well done, and it uh, it kind of encapsulates the the mindset of of what baseball has has grown into. You know where it's just stats, right? Where where numbers don't lie, and all these all these statisticians. Um, these sabermetrics artists, there's there is merit behind it. It's so fascinating to to see, but um, I really enjoy that movie a lot. Yeah, it was great. I, I've seen it like probably like eight times. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one. It's uh, so Alex has a couple of movies that on rotation where if she just needs something on in the background, and Moneyball is one of them. Yeah. He's like, he's like, tell him first, tell him first base isn't very hard. He's like, it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so good but yeah uh, that was my favorite sport, sports moment ever probably it's uh it's hard to narrow it down sure i remember that season um because that was the year that the angels went against the giants in mm-hmm. the world series i have a program from it david picked me up a program from the oh. game because he was there but oh, yeah. i remember going to see the a's play the angels prior to uh the season being over, like one of the last games of the season. And um, I was just like, fuck, they got to play the A's. They're so good this year. <laughs> I <laughs> remember A's thinking that. I was just like, shit. And then the Angels won. So I was like, oh, yeah, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then seeing the season on on the movie, I was like, hey, I was, I was there. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I like that movie. But uh, I know that, um, what is his name? Uh, Art Howe, he was, he was pretty mad about his depiction in the film by Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's not mad at Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's just mad at the the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I heard too. Oh well, gotta have a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt's telling you how to play, how to be a manager, man. Just fucking listen every once in a while. You can't tell Probably me. Be- can't tell me baseball is not romantic. I say that every single time I have a moment in sports, I'm just like, oh, my God, I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's uh, a lot of people that aren't into baseball, and that's yep. fine. It's a yeah, game totally. of anticipation. I get it. And uh, there's not a lot of fighting or hitting or contact, but it's just like uh, I encourage you, if you're not a fan of baseball, just like follow like the MLB like Twitter account or something like that, just so you can see like highlights and you can just see these incredible moments that everyone's waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. And when they do, it's the coolest goddamn thing ever. Where, whether it's like an infield home run or, you know, a, a perfect triple game, play. <laughs> a triple play. For, I saw the triple play that the, the Mariners did the other yeah. day. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, so that was cool. fun. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is moments like that 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 I think can have an impact on your opinion when you see stuff like that then you're just like oh man that's that's what it's all about or or maybe it's when uh, an umpire calls you know an out and it really was but it looks like you know they were safe and you got to check the tape and they have 
literally a nanosecond to make that decision <laughs> yeah. and people are screaming at him it's like dude i could never in a million years be an umpire i just i'd be like huh what do you guys think <laughs> <laughs> you'd be leslie nielsen in the naked gun <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> just dancing back there <laughs> yeah that'd be great yeah it's so. I, you know it, it's fascinating to me too because that Whenever I say baseball is my favorite sport, because it is, it, I, I used to think football was for the longest time, but I've been like, who am I lying to? You know, baseball is easily my favorite sport. Um, and and yeah, I prefer games in person. And I'm, I'm not, I can't watch every single game on TV just because sometimes I'm busy and they do take a long time. So I, I get why people get bored with them. But honestly, I think part of it is because some people just don't know the rules per se. Uh, but it's also just not as razzle dazzle as like basketball and football are. And uh, football's pretty easy to follow. I'm not going to lie. Baseball has a lot of weird shit. Like when they started introducing the shift. I mean, any of that kind of stuff is so odd. And it's hard for me to explain, uh, you know, like RISP or how to explain like war or well, sort of um, or oh my God, like uh, OPS or anything like that. It's it's kind of hard to explain those stats to people. Uh, but with football, it's pretty easy to be like they have four chances to go 10 yards and they have to throw the ball here or run the ball here and then you tackle them. And then people are like, oh, cool. Violence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know, uh, I, I think a response I get from a lot of people are like, well, I, I like going to, to baseball games. I'm like, well, sure, you like going to baseball games because it's a chance to drink beer and to socialize and have fun. I mean, I love it, too. When I, you know, I've had birthdays at baseball stadiums and I absolutely love it because it's just a chance to talk and gather with people. But I really like watching the games. I'll go to them sometimes after work or on random days and I'll just go by myself and watch. And it is something about it, man. Getting up for that seventh inning stretch. It's a uh, fan freaking tastic. Mm-hmm. Man, how? I like it, too. Yeah. Going to the Mar- Edgar Martinez pub. <laughs> the cantina. <laughs> Yeah, cantina. Uh, it's always fun. I saw some guy. I saw some guy like live streaming. I, I, he might have been a YouTuber, but he was live streaming for the crickets when they first came out. And he's like, "All right, guys. So, um, I have these crickets, and l- let's go for this. Uh, yeah, they are real crickets, and they're salted. And then he's like, puts it in, he goes, "Oh, they're okay." And that was it. I was like, "This video fucking sucks." Bumps <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> down, <laughs> way down. I know. It's like, awful. Dislike. Yeah, I what thought he was going to give a little bit more than that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, he's like, ring the bell. Make sure you <laughs> yeah. subscribe and like and tell your friends. Make sure to check out my other videos where I eat a burger and tell you how good it is, too. <laughs> this post really blew up. Be sure to check out my cricket video. <laughs> I have merch available if you want a, cr- a cricket t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, pass. Anyway, do you have any final thoughts on a league of their own and what letter grade would you give it? Uh, I just think that everyone should see this movie. It's important to to watch because uh, it is history, uh, albeit loose history. But what I would say is go onto YouTube, go onto the Internet, do some research for the All-American girls. I can never think of I can never remember the ADAA. yeah, there you go. The All-American, it's All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. There you go. A-A-G-P-B-L. Uh, learn about it and, like Justin said, read the IMDb trivia because it's pretty remarkable. And then uh, if you ever have a chance, and I this is something I've been wanting to do for forever, is I want to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame and check it out and see what it's all about um, and just see everything there so i think that that would be really really neat but this movie is near and dear to me so this is definitely an a plus for me i absolutely love this film Ooh, that's pretty solid yeah that dotty's a real loser you know 
No way, she man. <laughs> Gina Davis is Gina Davis is gorgeous. She is a badass, and she can do the splits, and she can I don't know. She has an IQ of, of one hundred and forty. Zach, are you serious? Yes, according to the IMDb trivia, because in the movie when they're like, "What? Well, he's some kind of genius," and she actually is got an IQ of one hundred and forty. Wow, mine's like six. <laughs> mine's probably like seven. It's just eight. A- Four measly little points. <laughs> but yeah, what about you, Justin? What is your final letter, letter grade? Oh, yeah, I give this movie an A for sure. A for amazing. Love it. I've seen it a billion trillion times. I was so confident that I've seen this movie so many times and I know it by heart that I didn't even watch it this week. <laughs> I almost didn't watch it, but I, I felt like I would do the movie injustice if I did not watch it. I watched it like two months ago. Uh, we watched Miracle and uh, League of Their Own like on the same day. And I was like, God damn it, I love this movie. It's so good. I know. And that was the last time I saw it. But it was around Christmas. I like the miracle there. It's a yeah, good, it's a good one, one too. too. Mike Ruzioni, I play for the United States of America. <laughs> it only took me an hour and 10 minutes to <laughs> learn that, but whatever. Cornheads, you're in. <laughs> Cornheads, yeah. <laughs> Got the Minnesota thing going on. Oh man, that's a good movie. It's just something about these these sports movies. Like when it's feel good, but it doesn't feel artificial. That's what's cool. And so, unfortunately, there are a lot. Disney got into a strand of a whole bunch of films like Invincible um, and like The Rookie that just became a little too nonsensical and they felt too forced. But things like Miracle and uh, I know this isn't a Disney movie these all feel organic and they feel good. Like that's, that's how I, that's, I keep saying feel, but that's the feeling I have at the end of this film is I just feel I, I, I'm happy after watching a league of their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it, man. I, I'm saying with like Rudy, forget oh about God. it. I cry. Oh my cry God. And <laughs> cry and cry and cry. I can't, my face hurts from crying so much. You're five foot, nothing. hundred pounds, nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's great. This, uh, Thomas S. Dutton, is that, his, yeah. is that his name? Are you ready for this? I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. I'm just like, oh, God, stop. <laughs> oh. oh, shit, I forgot. I also watched Rocky 2 uh, this week, too, b- before I went to bed. And that was a bad idea because then I was, like, motivated to go work out. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Charles S. Dutton. I said that. Charles S. Dutton, yes. He was in Alien 3. He was. He was. Yeah. And he was in a show called Rock. <laughs> In the 90s where he's a garbage man. Yeah, that's true. It's been a lot of movies. Yeah, I like him. Rocky II is great. Uh, That one is hard because he wants to be successful. He doesn't want to box. He's trying to get a job, but he Mm -hmm. lacks the skills. Wouldn't you be better suited for some sort of menial labor? (laughs) And he works really hard. He still gets laid off. You know, his wife goes into a coma. That movie's brutal. Yeah, I am... I honestly think that Rocky 2 is better than Rocky 1, in my opinion. I prefer it to it because you get that kind of... He has a he has a chance at success and he he wants to go about it a different way and he realizes that the only thing he has left is, is to fight because that's what he was born to do, even though society and his wife are saying, you don't need to be doing this. But he's just like, I got to do what I got to do. And then you have that amazing moment. She's like, I just want you to do one thing for me. Win. And then he's like, what are we waiting for? Yeah, incredible training montage, and it's just such a good freaking movie. I love Rocky too, dude. The 
I've talked about this before too. The the opening song for Rocky to Redemption. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Isn't that that fo- is my is favorite it Rocky song. Uh no, it's a score by Bill Conti. Oh. And it's called Redemption and it's like it's got it's basically the theme to Rocky but with like a funk beat to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I it's, know, and I it's when the ambulance is driving through Philadelphia and it's mm, so mm-hmm. goddamn good. Yeah. Oh my god. And yeah. what's even more fun is to if you ever just look up the song on on the YouTube's, just look up uh, Redemption Rocky 2, you'll find it. And the comment section is just loaded with people just like me that think it's like one of the greatest songs <laughs> in the history of motion picture shows. And it's like, "Oh my god, it's so good." But yeah, I I'm a sucker for sports movies, man. I me think too. they're always fun. Me too. Except when they're not fun. But. Yeah. <laughs> But like, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Rocky II and, and, you know, Creed. I would really, I mean, we could do a show on Creed, but it would literally just be us talking about how amazing the movie is for, I don't know, three hours because we love it so much. So I don't know yeah. how much fun that would be for people listening, but it is so goddamn good. I fucking love Creed. When, when the best Rocky movie ever is called Creed, mm-hmm. uh, that says a lot. I agree. So I think Creed is actually it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time, like ever. And so Creed is easily my favorite Rocky film. But Ro- I think Rocky two is better than number one. But uh, Creed is just phenomenal. And they take elements of Rocky one through well, one and two. And they kind of put that in it, basically, but just add all these different things. And uh, it's just phenomenal. And it's Stallone's best performance ever, I think. Creed? Yes. Yeah. When he's like, if I could take all this stuff that I have and he's like, and put it into a box so I could have one more day with my wife, I would do it. No questions asked. And I'm just like, oh my God. It's so right. sad. He's like, I've seen this. This is an ugly fight. And I'm like, uh, don't do it, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, look at their own. Check it out. It's pretty good. It was not streaming anywhere. Uh, luckily... I've seen it a billion times, so I didn't have to watch it. And I know Zach is the same way, but he owns it. I own it too, but I own it on regular Ray. I don't own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> and so I didn't want to watch a blurry mess. So I opted to just go from memory. It used to be streaming. It used to be on the Netflix, but it's not no mo. And no. that's unfortunate. I'm sure so, it'll it'll be streaming soon one of these days with baseball yeah. season coming up too. Baseball stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're getting there. Spring training's well underway. Hell yeah. So, yeah, um, that's all I got, man. Take us out. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at EdgyArmo, and at ZachDale60, where you can share your thoughts with us, and we will discuss them on our show. We always take suggestions, so you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode. There are some other podcasts you should check out. Uh, Please be sure to listen to the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and Justin. If you are a huge Star Star Trek The Next Generation fan, this is the perfect podcast for you. Uh, I have to fast forward it because I'm like, oh, they're talking still. (laughs) Otherwise, the rest of the show is great. But uh, the Pixelated podcast with Stephen K. Janes and Justin is is equally amazing. Uh, They talk about video games and the whole lot of them. We are in the first hundred days of the new next-gen consoles, so there's a lot of stuff going on with that. Or I guess we just passed it. Um, All that we ask is please don't be crazy. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much.